3. We'll begin at verse number 1. Thank you for giving. Um, I'll try to say that more frequently. Amen. Um, it has been uh, you know, one of the great joys for me as your servant leader throughout this lockdown and pandemic is how faithful our family of faith has remained when it comes to giving to the Lord's work and tithing. And so, amen. Um, So thank you for that. Praise God. Youth tomorrow evening, uh, 7 o'clock. And then, of course, our discipleship class on Wednesdays at 5 and our Wednesday evening live stream at 7. Um, So good things coming on that. Amen. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Before I read it, let me just give a real brief introduction here. Over the last several weeks, we have focused on the things that Jesus taught us about the last days in Matthew chapter 24. We're not going to turn back there this morning, but um, if you recall, the disciples simply asked Jesus, you know, when will we know it's the end? And um, they were probably expecting it to be in a couple of months, you know, and, um, and so Jesus gives them a list of things to, uh, to look for that will be happening in the world. But Jesus also said that when they saw those things happening, to know that they were simply the beginning of sorrows, the beginning of birth pangs, and that those things would continue throughout human history, but they would become more frequent in their occurrence and they would become more intense. Now, I've mentioned this a time or two. Um, sometimes, you know, it, I don't want to offend you by my humor, but, you know, the way we were raised is, you know, you count it all joy and you laugh at things. And, um, you know, somebody mentioned, one of the meteorologists mentioned that it was a Waffle House wait staff in the Atlantic, uh, Sally and Teddy and, 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 and all these different, uh, storms that, that are coming. You realize now we've gone through the whole alphabet and the one that we're praying against now is, is beta um, that's uh, now saying they're gonna, it's going to hit Texas. But you realize in the middle of all that in our part of the country I think it's at 10 different wildfires that are burning out west. And so you know, we've always had hurricanes, we've always had wildfires, but we're seeing them with greater frequency and greater intensity. And this is, this is exactly, we're seeing exactly what Jesus said we would see and that these would be signs that the end is near. My brother, my sister, I believe that we are living in the last days. Um, and there are lots of reasons why I believe that. But those of you who have heard me preach and teach on these things over the years, um, you know, if a day is like a thousand years unto the Lord, you know, the, the, the last day could be another, if we're the last day of the last days, it could still be another thousand years. I, I don't tell you that to let your guard down. Um, the Bible says that, you know, he'll come like a thief in the night. Uh, and the idea behind the thief in the night is that the people were not prepared when he came. And so our assignment is to be ready. And Jesus told us this in parable form. 
and he told us this just you know without any parable to to uh, to buffer it. He just straight to us, right? That we need to be prepared. We need to live prepared. Amen. And as I go through these things, I do want to remind you from the beginning: it's, this is not just about you know what the enemy's doing and what's going wrong in our world. Um, we, as the body of Christ, it's our time to shine. It's our time to stand up. It's it's our time to be examples to the world in chaos around us that in Christ Jesus, we can have peace in the midst of the trouble. Amen. And, and you know, this drawing people uh, to us and then for you and me to point them to him is a part of the plan, part of, praise God, uh, this uh, strategy. So, um, when Jesus told us about these things, he gave us some very specific instructions. And he said that we should not be deceived and we should not be troubled. The enemy is wanting to trick you, he's wanting to fool you, he's wanting to deceive you, and he's wanting to trouble you, all right? Now, we know that Jesus talked about these things, but Jesus was not the only writer in the Bible inspired by the Holy Spirit to talk about these things. And so, that's what I want us to to do, at least in the beginning this morning, is look at what the Holy Spirit, through the apostles, had to say about these things in um, other places. All right, so let me pull that up on my screen right quick. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So we are having issues here. I don't know what they're all about. Amen. Thank you, Father. Do you have me back there, Christy? Let me try it one more time here. Amen. So on our live stream this morning, some of the things that we wanted to include is another camera angle. And then we're working really hard. If you've seen the live stream, um, it's still a work in progress. But um, we're, we're wanting to bring up the slides on the uh, screen. So if you're watching it, uh, you know, the verses will come up for people to see them and watch them. All right, now. So let's go here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But know this, notice how many times, notice how many times these things are addressed that we have something uh, mentioned about knowing or seeing or understanding. Because the idea is, um, you know, the world says it this way, knowledge is power. Well, amen, I understand what they mean by that, but, but truth is power. Uh, truth empowers us. The, the less we know and understand about these things, the more vulnerable we're going to be to deception. The more vulnerable we're going to be to the fear uh, that the enemy, the trouble that the enemy is trying to affect in our lives. So he says, but know this, in, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, 
unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong. Amen. Praise God. Let me just thank you, Jesus. There used to be a time that this sort of stuff really bothered me. Um, I've learned to roll with it. Amen. Are you still with me this morning? Praise God. All right. So imagine for a moment that you're in front of a group of people and you're reading from your notes and all of a sudden they just disappear. It's like... (laughs) So I haven't had a lot of like recurring dreams or nightmares in my life. Um, But one that that I have experienced in my life is I'm sitting in a crowd of thousands of people and they're introducing uh, the speaker for the evening. And I'm very interested sitting in that crowd of thousands of people to, uh, to hear who's going to be speaking to us tonight. And it's this really long, wonderful introduction, you know. And the more the introduction uh, unfolds, the more I begin to realize they're introducing me, right? And I'm sitting there like in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, and I can't even find my Bible, you know, and in this like panic, like, what are we going to say? What are we going to do? So anyway, if you're a psychologist, that probably means something. But uh, anyway, um, so it says traitors, headstrong, slide six, Sister Christy, I don't have any control over it. You don't either. Okay. Well, amen. So, full disclosure, I'm just, amen, can we just be family this morning? So, Jake and I were here until 3 o'clock yesterday, or something like that, I don't know, maybe 2 o'clock, and um, we had the whole thing set up, even to where when I changed the slide on my iPad, it not only changed it on the screens, it changed it on the broadcast. I mean, we left out of here like high-fiving like we are, thank you, Jesus, you know, you have given us understanding and wisdom. So evidently there's some little hiccup in all of that that we hadn't quite figured out yet. But we can do this old school, right? We remember Who remembers we used to have these projectors sitting over here, right? And you'd have to run up and change the slide. I think you changed about 10,000 of those for us in the past there, Sister Emily. So anyway, we can do it without all that, right? Amen. All right. So he's, let's just go back to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. Are we seeing that in our world today? How about this one? Lovers of money. We're seeing that. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Don't even get me started on that one. Disobedient to parents. My goodness gracious, there's more times than once that... I am not. Thank you. I did check that, but thank you for your help, son. You're awesome to me. Amen. So we, (laughs) I don't know why I'm wanting to tell y'all all all these stuff, but you know, I mean, again, he was talking about what a wonderful father I am. Yeah. Yo, yeah, he was, he's being obedient to parents. I'm sitting here talking about disobedient parents and my son's trying to help me out of a gym, right? Thank you, buddy. Um, So the new soundboard has the capacity uh, to be controlled. Like the, the challenge that we've had all these years is Greg does a wonderful job running the sound, but he can't hear what they're hearing on the stage. And so you can't mix something you can't hear, obviously, right? So, um, so we set up a network to where now the people on the stage can actually adjust what they're hearing 
themselves uh, wirelessly, right? So John Mark was asking if I was connected to, um, to that uh, system, and I thought maybe that I was, but I'm not. Amen. All right. Who loves Jesus this morning? Amen. Let me tell you what this is. It's called growing pains, right? I mean, th- there's a reason why um, we have, uh, you know, not tried this live streaming thing all these years. I could, I could, I could hold an iPhone right here and preach and live stream, you know, but obviously that would not be, you know, very professional. And so we're, if the Lord's name is going to be on it, we want to do it to the best of our ability. And, um, and so that's what we're striving for. Thank you for praying for us, believing with us. And um, we are determined. I'm telling you, we're going to get it figured out. I, I promise you that. And, it's, and I know I keep saying this. It's not for lack of trying. Everything that we're doing right now, we tested it two times yesterday, you know, streamed uh, two different test runs yesterday, and it all worked to perfection. But anyway, praise God, we'll sort it out and be better because of it. Amen? All right. So disobedient to parents probably bailed me out there because I was fixing to go off on a rant about that. But, you know, I, I just see, you know, more than I used to see. Let me say it this way. Um, you know, how children are treating their parents in stores and restaurants and anyway, praise God. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, Without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Now here's the instructions for you and me. From such people turn away. From such people turn away. Now I want to read this same passage to you from the Passion Translation. It says this, but you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. I like that translation right there. You need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slander is when you impugn or, or, or speak against the character uh, of a, another person. Um, and again, we're seeing this with the advent of social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram and all these other ones that I'm probably not aware of. We're, we're seeing, uh, you, know, the, you know, this idea of speaking negatively uh, about and against um, uh, people in authority. Wow. Uh, our political leaders, they'll become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to their desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint. 
As I was reading this, my, my mind went back to the, the police officers last week, um, two rookies sitting in their patrol car, uh, and someone just walks up and shoots them in the face uh, as they sit there in their car. Uh, again, do you see brutal treachery acting without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit? They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. They pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. Okay? Now, I'm not here to call people out. I'm not here to name names. But we see, we see a lot of prominent people uh, in our world today, uh, athletes, uh, uh, actors and actresses, political leaders um, that talk all the time about their faith, okay? But what they do and how they live uh, is nothing to do with what uh, the Word of God says. And so probably enough um, about that. Praise God. All right, let's go, skip down with me to verse 13, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and uh, verse 13. It says, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. All right? So here, let's just break this verse down. I want to comment it on a moment. Evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse. So do you see how this coincides with what Jesus taught us about intensity and frequency, frequency and intensity. In other words, there's always been evil since the Garden of Eden, since Lucifer fell from heaven like lightning. He's behind the evil. He's behind the darkness. And evil and darkness has always been present in our world. But what we're seeing is that men and women, people who are controlled by those demonic spirits, by that darkness, by that evil, that they are, the King James Version says, waxing. And, and the idea behind waxing is this, is this like if you wax your car, uh, you put one layer of wax on it and buff it off, it leaves a shiny film. If you put another layer, it, it leaves yet an, another shiny film. Matt and I grew up with a, with a, with a, with a friend, lived across the street from us, Buddy Rogers. He was obsessed with NASCAR. And, uh, and he worked his way into being friends with, with Bobby Allison. And, and, um, and he said the last thing they would do before um, a race is they would all take a spot in the car, everybody standing around it, and they would wax it and wax it and wax it and wax it because they're trying to make that car as slippery as possible so, so that, you know, as, as it goes, cuts through the wind, right? So the idea behind something, uh, be, you know, waxing, uh, more and more in one direction is it's talking about you know the buildup of things over time, the accumulation of these things um, over time. So when he says evil men impostors will grow or wax worse and worse, he's again giving us a sign of the time, and we're seeing this. But notice it says they'll wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
Have you ever heard the expression, wounded people wound people or hurt people hurt people? Well, deceived people deceive people. And so the, the more individuals become deceived, the more instrumental they become in deceiving others. Now, I've got good news for you. I don't want to just, again, I don't want this to be a negative message this morning, but the other side of that coin is also true. The more uh, we wax, right, uh, you know, bolder and stronger in the truth, the, the more we understand uh, the, the, the ways and the wisdom of God, then the better position we're in to influence others with that same truth and with that same wisdom. But you, hold on just a second. I want to get one last thing here. And I know this, it was very interesting to me. I hope you find it interesting as well. The King James Version says evil men and imposters. You see that word imposter. When I hear the word imposter, I I think of somebody that's like a phony. You know, they're pretending to be one thing when they're really something altogether. And that's not what this word means. This word imposter is translated seducer in the King James Version. And the literal root word in the Greek is an enchanter. An enchanter. Okay? Now, stay with me because I know that, you know, trying to get spooky on you here and... and, uh, you know, go too far out there for you. But when he's talking about enchanter, he's talking about someone that has the ability to put other people under a spell. The ability to put other people under a spell. Now, when you start talking like that and using that kind of terminology, you know, most people, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think most people have this idea, you know, like of a, of a, of a witch dressed in black with a big hat, you know, stirring a cauldron, you know, laughing maniacally or whatever, and, and that somehow she's putting a spell on someone. Well, you got to get rid of all that. The devil doesn't show up in a red suit holding a pitchfork, right? He puts, you know, people can still be put under a spell, and if you don't believe me on this, maybe we'll have an entire sermon on just this subject alone. But uh, alone, but the but the Bible talks about people being given strong delusion, where they are just absolutely just deluded. They, they you know, you know. Let me give you an example of it, and and this is why I want to show you these things. But as I'm showing you these things, I'm, I'm not trying to be political. I'm not trying to to bash anybody. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you as the body of Christ to see that these things are more than just words on a page in a book in the Bible, but these are things that, that we're seeing and experiencing in our, in our world right now. And so let me give you an example of delusion, or let me give you an example of somebody that's literally under a spell. They're, they're so ignorant and so blinded, but they couldn't, they, in their minds and hearts, they, they, they think they couldn't be any more right, okay? I'm going to say three words. Are you ready? Defund the police. <laughs> Defund the police, Right? First of all, don't listen to anybody who has private security tell you we need to defund the police. All right? Are you you hearing me? Okay. And let me show you how this has changed. Let me show you how this has changed. 19 years ago, anybody remember what happened 19 years ago in September? 9-11 happened, 2001. This time 19 years ago, 
NFL players were wearing the American flag on their helmets. Major League Baseball players were running the bases holding American flags. 19 years ago, this country and, and the, 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 the uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? The actors, the actresses, the, the, the wealthy, the famous, they, they could not get in line fast enough to brag on and support our first responders. Think about this now. Think about this now. And now some of those same people, if not the same people, people that are in the same offices or positions as those men and women, right? They're, they're burning the flag. They're saying that the police aren't necessary. They're, 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 they're saying we don't need them. Just get rid of them altogether. That we just get some social workers to do their job. Again, right? Are you seeing this? Now, if, I'm not trying to offend you if you agree with that, but I, I will have prayer for you after the service this morning if you'd like for me to pray with you because anybody who thinks that's logical or reasonable or rational on any level, again, is under somebody's spell. <laughs> Somebody, they're not, they, they, have, they are deluded, my friend. They, they are suffering from strong delusion. I'll give you another example, right? Remember the chop zone in Seattle this summer. Summer of love. It's going to be great. Peace, love. They're going to set the example for the rest of the country. They're going to show us how we all should be living. You remember that, right? First thing they did was set up borders. Second thing they did is they selected a group of people to enforce the rules of the chop zone and armed them. Right? Are you, are you seeing this? Amen. And it's those people that are telling us, wow, praise God. Again, it's one thing to read about this in the scripture, but it's another thing when you just sit there and you're watching it. You're watching it unfold. You're, 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 you're seeing these things, right, that, that, that come along. When you have political candidates that talk about how their faith in God is everything to them, Right? but they don't have enough understanding about God and his word to, to even halfway begin to lift a finger towards policies that align with God and his word. Somebody's under a spell. Somebody's under a spell. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, you don't have to turn there. It says the God of this world has blinded them. It's, it blinded them. Now, I'm not just telling you this Again, I want you to see that how relevant and timely the Bible is. See, those same people are telling you that what the Bible says in this book about marriage is out of date. What this, what this Bible tells you about sexual purity is out of date. Come on, this is the 21st century. There's nothing wrong with this, and, and people should be allowed to do this as long as they're consenting adults. Right? Say that out of one side of the mouth and then talk about how their faith means everything to them. Without God, they wouldn't be anything. Be, see, again, it, it, he's, the Bible talks about this, right? They pretend. Praise God. But I'm also trying to show you that the Word of God is relevant. It's not an outdated book. It's, it's not a book for 200 years ago. It's, it's, it's a book for today. It's a book for today. Now, I'm going to show you how, how much it is a book for today. This word, imposters... 
Go back to the original word, it means an enchanter. Uh, someone who is able to put other people under a spell. Okay? But if you dig deeper in this, it also refers to someone who uses or the use of pharmaceuticals in this whole process of the deception and the manipulation of others. Wow. Wow. I heard Michael die use this expression, and it, to me it would just hit the nail on the head so powerfully that um, I always give him credit for the quote. I don't want you to think I was, you know, this originated with me. But, he, you know, we, we always try to name the, the current generation, you know, this, the millennials, Generation X, all these other things. And, and Michael Dye made this statement. He said, he said, if this generation is anything, it's the pharmaceutical generation. It's the pharmaceutical generation, right? Now, listen, I'm not preaching against medicine. Thank God for medicine. Uh, good medicine, uh, you know, helps people. But remember, everything that God is behind that's good, the enemy's going to try to use it and manipulate it in a, in a negative way, in a harmful way, in an evil way. So when we talk about people being enchanted and under a spell and the connection to that taking place in people's lives to the abuse of pharmaceuticals, again, look at what's going on in the world around us right now. It's, uh, again, I think, phenomenally uncanny. All right, you got time for a couple of more. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And this is kind of a lot of the backfill from last week. If you weren't uh, here uh, for last week's sermon, uh, these two go together. Um, we, we really you know, tried to dig into what it looks like for your heart to be troubled, what it, what it looks like uh, you know, for someone to be deceived. Hold on just a second. Whoa. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um. I left out a very important point. Christy, would you please go back to, um, uh, to slide 11, verse 14. Amen. Man, I got so caught up in that other part. It's behind me? Excellent. Thank you, sister. All right. <laughs> so, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. I'm not trying to confuse you. We're back at 2 Timothy, okay? We kind of did a quick, quick reverse, okay? It's on the screen behind me. Amen. Notice the instructions to you and me. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Knowing from whom you have learned them. So here, we not only have sound instructions for us to follow, we have insight into what the enemy is trying to affect or what he's trying to to produce in our lives. He's trying to pull us away from the things which we've learned and become assured of. He's trying to get us to doubt and second guess the relevance of Scripture. He's trying to get us to, to, to doubt and second guess and maybe take an alternative route to the things the Word of God has to say about marriage and sexuality and family and, and, and uh, the value of the human life and, and, and so many of these things that, that have become uh, you know, very inflammatory subjects uh, in our world and in our nation today. So he's saying for you and me to stay the course. 
He's saying, don't abandon the things that you've learned and the things that you're assured of. Now, this, though, ties in with the idea that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. Because if you're going to continue with the things that you're learning from, from, from the Word of God and from the Holy Spirit, it's going to uh, not only put a, a, a gap between you and the culture, uh, that gap is going to widen and widen and widen. In other words, they're going one direction and you're going another. Um, they're, they're, they're headed off you know, in, a, in a different course. And you're holding true to the course that the Word of God has set for us. And what we know then is that, that people who, who take their stand for God and who do what the Word of God says, they become targets because as long as you're saying this is what the Word says, this is how we're supposed to live, this is what a marriage is supposed to be according to God, as, as long as you hold true to those beliefs, amen, now, the world turns against you for that. I'm sure, and you, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. Matter of fact, please don't. But I guarantee some of you in here have already suffered persecution on your job, at, at school, uh, middle school, high school, college, what have you, you know, in, in your field of, you know, uh, employment or career or what, or what have you, you know, where other people who do not share uh, your biblical, God-given values Right now, all of a sudden, you know, they uh, either, you know, exclude you from things, right? You're not invited to the office party. You're not, you're not, you, come on now, am I, am I got the right bunch this morning? You uh, say, well, you know, I just don't talk about, we shouldn't talk about uh, religion and politics. Well, that's the devil telling you that. I'm not saying beat people over the head with it. Speak the truth in love. Um I, I used this example before. Let me use it again. When I was rebuilding my fence, uh, wooden fence in my backyard, um, you know, I tried to leave as many of the four by four posts in the ground as I could. But after I rebuilt the section in between uh, several, uh, you know, posts, you know, rebuild, you know, post, post, build a section, post, post, I got to a post that was just it had to go, and um, so I put a brand new. Four by four post, you know, look down all the sides of it, just like my daddy taught me when I bought it, you know, straight as an arrow. I put that thing in the ground and stepped back and looked at it. Now that there's a straight post amongst all them crooked ones, it really makes them crooked ones look bad. Right? So if you're going to remain the straight post, the crooked ones, not because you're condemning or judging them, right? But the truth has that effect on people. And so that's, that's why the people of God become a target. That's why, you know, what he's talking about here, society becoming extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. Just look at the, look at the uh, ministers or the uh, people in these different fields of entertainment or athletics um, uh, or politics that hold true to what the Word of God says about these things and how they're maligned, how they're attacked, how they're slandered, right? Because they're, again, that straight post among all of the crooked ones. So what are our instructions here? Our instructions are that we need to continue in the things which we've learned and been assured of. All right. One last passage. I know you're in Second Thessalonians 2, so let's look at that one and then we'll 
we'll finish for this morning. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 1. It says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him. This is speaking of the rapture, right? We ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Now, remember, I'm going to remind you again, Jesus told us two specific things. It's our responsibility. We can help one another and certainly he will help us. But I can't guard your heart for you. You can't guard my heart for me. Right? And when it comes to being deceived, you know, the Bible says that if we see a brother or sister in a fault, that we should, in the spirit of love, go to them. So if, if um, I give you permission as my accountability partners, amen, if you should ever think or see that I'm in some kind of deception, then please love me enough to come and tell me then please come. Let's have a conversation about it, right? Amen. Are you hearing me? Can you imagine if, if somebody had, um, somebody that you love had, uh, you know, some type of illness that was threatening their life, they didn't know about it, and you did, and you never cared enough about them to tell them, okay? And, and so when it comes to physical things, you know, we would absolutely point that out to somebody, but when it comes to mental, emotional, spiritual things, uh, we tend to be uh, less bold. Let's just say it that way, all right? So he's saying to us, do not be soon shaken in mind or troubled. Don't, don't be so quick to get upset about things. Don't be, don't be so quick to, to uh, you know, get all in a, in a tizzy, as we might say, right? Um, don't be soon shaken in mind or troubled. And then he gives us uh, three different avenues that the enemy tries to, uh, to use to trouble us. Um, spirit. Notice that's a lowercase s. There are demonic spirits that are trying every way they can come up with to shake you mentally and trouble you inwardly. All right, that's their assignment. That's, that's you know, just like in, in, a, in physical military, physical warfare, you know, you've got all kinds of, of people that are assigned to do all kinds of, of different jobs, okay? And there are demonic forces. Their assignment is to try to stir up trouble and get you shaken Stirred up, we might say, uh, in, in your mind. He says, or by word. So this, this would be something that someone says. Um, something that you've heard somebody say. And then the third one, by letter. Let me modernize this for you. This was written before what we call media. Okay. So when he says to not be troubled or shaken in mind, demonic spirit, something that 
somebody says to you or something you heard that somebody said or by the media letter. This is how they communicated. This is how they, uh, they would write letters and those letters then would, would spread. Like, for instance, this letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, it was shared with all the churches. Um, it, it wasn't like Paul had the luxury of a, of a satellite broadcast to be able to speak to all the churches at one time. So the letter in their day was the media in ours. He says, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter, media, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Amen. All right, stand with me this morning. Praise God. Praise God. You get anything out of this? All right. Amen. I know it's been a little different this morning. Um. I appreciate your patience. I was going to apologize. I'm not going to apologize. I just, in other words, I, you know, nobody's been damaged, okay? But I appreciate your patience in the beginning as trying to get some of this technology worked out. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to be embarrassed by that. We're going to keep on until we get it perfected. This, this is what I know. We've got authority over, over the enemy, but he doesn't, he doesn't want um, what's happening here at Heritage uh, to be available all over the world. Amen. But we've got the victory over him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for the truth that we find in your word. And thank you, Father, that your word uh, informs us. And Lord, to be informed is a huge part of being prepared. And Father, that was the message that Jesus had for us, um, and he presented to us over and over again. These are the things that are coming. I'm telling you now so you can be prepared. I'm telling you now so you can have joy. I'm telling you now so you can have peace. And so, Father, I thank you that your words are, are meant to bring comfort to us. You said comfort one another with these words. And so, Father, I pray that as we see the connection between what your word says and what's going on in the world around us, that we will be comforted in knowing that these things are not a surprise to you. Be comforted in knowing, Father, that you deliver us out of all the trouble and chaos. Be comforted in knowing, Father, that you have a plan and that we're a part of it. And so, Father, we trust you this morning. Now, Father, we pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders, Lord, for our president, for our Congress, um, Lord, for our Senate, for our House. Lord, we pray for our judicial branch. And, Father, this is a pivotal moment in our country. Praise God. I want you to look at me for a minute. I know I'm praying, but listen to me for just a moment, okay? As important as the election is in November, whoever takes this vacant Supreme Court seat will be influencing the course of events in this country, depending on how old that man or woman is, potentially for the next 30 or 40, even as long as 50 years. Listen to me now. The electing of the next president is very important. But even more important is who goes into this next Supreme Court 
justice position opened by the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You know that now, okay? Slavery was on the wrong side of history, and anyone who supported it was on the wrong side of history. We know that now. We know that now. My prayer is that in my lifetime, I'll be able to see, be able to say from this pulpit, abortion was on the wrong side of history, and we know that now. We know that now. And my brother, sister, listen to me. We have never been closer. We have never been closer. And it's, it's, it's not a political fight. Do not be deceived into thinking it's a political fight. This is spiritual warfare. This is spiritual warfare. Amen. Father, we pray over this whole situation. Give our leaders wisdom. Father, give those who have this nation's best interest in, at heart because they have your best interest in heart for this nation, Lord. Let them rise up. Give them backbones, Father. Lord, as I hear Pam pray almost every day for our president, stand them up. Stand them up straight, Father. Give them the, the, the guts and the fortitude, Lord, to not waffle and back down, but to stand for what's right, Lord, for what your word says and, and see Lord God, the person that you would have occupy this critical, critical position in the, in the leadership and the future, Lord, of this country. And Father, I believe in a lot of ways, as, as, as goes this country, so goes so many other parts of this world. So Lord, we pray for wisdom in these things. We pray, Father, that uh, the, the forces of darkness, we bind them now in Jesus' name. And we loose, Lord, your wisdom and the performing of your will. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. Wow. Okay. Good things coming. Good things coming. Thank you. So-